Well, they can draw a copy in a unit to cover Ridge and Webster. On August 9th, Dave DePoris, a 40-year-old folk singer, was sitting outside the Hawk and Pony coffee shop in North Oakland. The vehicle versus pedestrian. Uh, with the victim bleeding from the head. I was in the jungles of Sri Lanka, and I went there to look for leopards. I got up at 6 in the morning, and I turned my phone on, and I saw that about every two or three minutes, there was a phone call coming in, either from my ex-wife or from my stepdaughter, and I knew there was something terribly wrong that had happened. This is Dave DePorce's father, Gene. And I called and said, what's going on? It was my ex-wife, and there was a long pause, and she said, Gene... Our son is dead. And that's how I learned about David. My son died at 40. Gene felt the same way as a lot of the other parents who we talked to. His son's murder upended the natural order of things. When children die before their parents, it's so sudden, nobody gets to say goodbye. Now Gene was looking back at his son's life, and trying to figure out who he really was. He literally, he, he sang before he talked. He would bang out music on his crib. Dave used to tell his parents that he was wired differently from most people. Well, I would turn to him, you know, you're 30 now. What are you going to do? You're 35. When are you going to get a corporate job? What about having money to be able to date? What about having a career? If he played a venue and he got paid, that was nice. If he played a venue and didn't get paid, that was nice. All of this was stuff that put me as a dad on tilt. I was terrified. When Gene got to Oakland two days after Dave died, he had no idea what to expect. He only knew that his son came to Oakland to make music. By the time I got to Oakland, I knew that he was sitting in a sidewalk cafe working on his music on his laptop, and someone grabbed the laptop, ran to a waiting getaway car, and my son ran after the car to try to get the laptop back because it had his music on it. It had all the things he was working on on it, and somehow was holding onto the guy in the car and they drove for over 200 yards, banging him against other cars until he slipped out and was run over by their car and killed. It was the middle of the day, in the middle of the week, in a nice area of Oakland, and that's where my son was killed. When I arrived there, The first thing that happened, a phalanx of David's friends, none of whom I knew existed, befriended and took all of us over and put us up at their houses. I I realized that my son had a much larger following than I had expected, and they were the people who started telling me all about David and all the things they knew about him. I feel that I've gotten a PhD in my son, which started... Not at base zero, but pretty darn close to it. Some of Dave's friends held a vigil in his honor. 
They also organized a peace walk with musicians, poets, and artists. This woman who lived on the street where he died, which was Rich Street, she comes up to me and gave me a big hello, and I hugged her. And after she left, there I was, and I looked at the memorial book that was there, and she wrote something in it. I heard your voice call out for help. I heard the SUV screech away. I heard the partly This woman saw my son run over and ran in the house and got a blanket and came out to join the policewoman and wrapped my son's feet in the blanket as he passed away. I saw your torn clothes and held your feet. I saw you on your back looking up at the old tree in the sky. I learned that so much of what I thought I knew about my son was wrong. Parents, when they view their kids, they're always viewing them with an eye towards themselves. When I got to Oakland, I was so impressed with what I've seen with the people, what I've learned about the town. I'm I'm proud of his humanity and how he was able to build his life around who he wanted to be as a human being. I am the proudest dad in the whole world right now.